You're listening to The Scrimmage with Daniel Hargrove and Justin Domashevitz. Welcome to the scrimmage. I'm Daniel Hargrove. I'm Justin Domashevitz. We also have our trusty producer Andrew Gross here with us. First off, thank you to our sponsors, Oli Penn Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz for helping make this show happen. With that said, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about today. We are going live before the Seahawks game because after the Seahawks game will be past Andrew's bedtime. Yes, and <laughs> my bedtime. Straight. And that, I mean, that's time. even past my bedtime. Yeah. Andrew's bedtime is like 5 o'clock. Your, your bedtime right now, Daniel, as a new father, is whenever the baby's asleep. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's a <laughs> good point. terrible. It's uh, <laughs> challenging. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's tough. But rewarding is the word you were looking yeah, for. There it is. There you go. <laughs> humbling. You know, I just find it so humbling that I've been given this award. Wait, no. <laughs> Were you just accepting an Oscar? Yeah, is that what was much. happening? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, it was a reward. Anyway, let's get to going to the two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hurry up. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball to ref. Gun do right, gun do right. Three jet buckeye. Don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. The Seattle Seahawks have worked out Blake Bortles and moved Jake Luton. Bortles! Beaver Jake Luton to the active roster this week to back up Geno Smith at quarterback Daniel. Will we see a free agent quarterback sign in Seattle? Didn't they sign Danny Etling? I don't know. Who is that? that? I think they already did. And it's some dude named Danny Etling, I think. Pointless. Anyway. uh, Trade for Minshew. It's not too late. You could do that, or you could let Jake Luton take over. No. Mm -hmm. With Russell Wilson and Chris Carson both on injured reserve, which rules them out for a minimum of three weeks. Justin, will the Seahawks be able to beat the Saints and the Jaguars? Why? Why? So, okay, so now you're in my head about the word Jaguars. Do I like Jaguars? <laughs> Before the bye week. Uh, no. Uh, no, they will not. They will lose both games because the Seahawks are poopy poop butt butt soup. Oh! Daniel, who is your favorite Seattle Kraken player and why is it Brandon Tanev? Well, that's interesting you should ask that question because it is Brandon Tanev at this moment. He's because he's a crazy, crazy, goopy, crazy uh, hockey player. <laughs> goopy? Goopy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the goopy came from. No, I mean, the eyes he has in his profile picture is hilarious. Like, the dude looks like he a He has psycho. goopy eyes? Goopy eyes, yeah. It's kind of when you get pink eye, it's a little... Eh. No, but also, the dude plays real fast and real hard, and I do really like to watch him play as well. So, And I've only watched, what, like maybe one and a half games, and yet he's one of the guys who's jumped out in that small time frame. We'll see if somebody else maybe uh, – oh, shoot, I just forgot. Venberg, Wenberg, he's, he's up there too, but that was just because he had a – during he had an in-game interview in between the second and third period and he smiled and i realized he didn't have a tooth and i was like (laughs) right in front i was like yeah let's go do the hockey the university of cincinnati has jumped to the second spot in the associated press rankings justin's what are the chances the bearcats will make the ncaa college football playoff i think the chances are okay i mean it helped them that they were preseason ranked eight and they haven't lost there's a 
a pretty good chance they should be able to win out. There's no the only winning the only team on their record with a winning team on their schedule with a <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. The only team left on their schedule with a winning record is 21st ranked SMU. All the other teams, the other four teams they're playing against are all either 500 or below. So it's reasonable to think they could win out. The the problem is the the problem is you got Oklahoma at 7-0. You got Alabama at 6-1. If Alabama wins out and then beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, those teams are both going to be in the playoff. You have Ohio State with one loss, Michigan with no losses, Penn State with one loss, Oklahoma State with no losses, Michigan State with no losses, Oregon with one loss, Iowa with one loss. There's all these teams from Power 5 conferences that have no losses or one loss. And I feel like what ends up happening usually is those teams get the nod. It might be different with Cincinnati this year because they were preseason ranked so high, but they will have a much more difficult time proving themselves with what's remaining on their schedule than these other teams will. Which so they're is, gonna, I still think they're going to need some help, some other yeah. teams to lose. That's understandable because you're right. Their remaining schedule, sadly, is poopy, poopy, butt, butt soup. And the only reason we care <laughs> about Cincinnati Bearcats right? football exactly. is former Aberdeen Bobcat Joel DeBlanco, Let's go. who is a super senior on that team. And a friend of the show. And a friend of the show. We've talked to him. Joel's a great kid. And he had a career high and team high in their last win with 10 tackles. Let's go. He's currently second on their team in tackles. He has 43 this season, and the guy who's number one has 45. So they're like kind of the two guys who, who swallow up most of the tackles. And Joel's been kind of a driving force for that excellent Cincinnati Bearcats defense. So we're following weekly like what happens with Cincinnati and rooting hard for Joel. And it would be so cool if he got a chance to play in that playoff. Yeah. I'm so excited. And also, yeah. I mean, the higher they're ranked for the longer they're ranked, you know those NFL coaches are going to be looking at who's starting on that team. Like, oh, this seems really good. Yeah. Let's start looking at their players. Right. I mean, you got to think that Joel's got a chance to get some NFL looks after this season. I mean, I can't speak for Joel, but I just assumed when he decided to take that extra COVID year that he thought, man, I've made a lot of progress. Let's let's go one more shot at this. My team's really good. I've got a bigger role on this team. I could see an even more expanded role, maybe take a shot at the league. So I think it would be really cool. I mean, see what he can do for the rest of the season and see where he gets on the NFL radar. Absolutely. Now, okay, anything else you want to get to from that uh, two-minute drill? Should I, you want should I be embarrassed that I haven't watched a, a lick of hockey or, like, cared about the Kraken opening? I thought that I, I would be so, more excited for it, but I'm just not. Don't you have Kraken gear? No. No, you got Seawolves gear. Yeah. It, how, much, I, how much rugby have you watched? I watched a couple of Seawolves games, okay. and I followed their scores very closely. Okay. I would say that you sh- you should be more ashamed, but you don't have access to Root Sports, which makes it significantly harder. If you can't watch the games That's true. legally, it makes it more difficult <laughs> we just have to, one, to watch the games. Like one Not caring, provider. though. I, I am disappointed in you. I just want to know if everyone's running into the same problem that I... Andrew made me feel like I'm just dumb. Because, oh, because I, I switched <laughs> to Hulu Live TV from Comcast because Hulu Live TV didn't have ACC Network, and I needed to watch my Tar Heels. Wait, say that again? I switched to Hulu to Live Hulu. TV from Comcast. Because, because Comcast, Comcast didn't, didn't have Okay, ACC you said because Network. Hulu didn't have oh, ACC. Oh, my bad. Okay, so I was confused. Okay. Okay. So then the trade-off there was now I don't have Root Sports anymore. And at the time, I was like, well, the Mariners are on Root. Who cares? <laughs> the Mariners suck. 
I don't watch baseball. But now all of a sudden, <laughs> there's a hockey team I might want to watch. And then I found out afterwards that a lot of the Seawolves games are also en route. Yeah. So there's a lot of sports that I'm missing out on now. But I just feel annoyed because I switched to this one because there was another network I wanted that I couldn't get. And I feel so annoyed in general because there's so many streaming services that I'm not going to pay for all of them, but I want to watch these shows. So can we just, like, get everything all in one spot, please? So oh, and that you can't even do that with cable. For no. what it's worth, that's the hilarious. Which is why I quit Comcast. Yeah. For what it's worth, Fubo TV it's has just good. added Root Sports, and now is the first time in my entire life that I have had a legal way to watch all the things that I want to watch. <laughs> and, I, and I just found out from Andrew that he's paying basically the same amount for Fubo that I play that I pay for Hulu, Hulu Live. So do you get HBO, though? That's another thing. I do not think I get HBO. So I do. I would miss the HBO. There's some shows on there I like. I don't know. It's too, it's too <laughs> I, confusing. I can't handle it. I'll just not watch hockey. <laughs> Who we've, cares? We've got some input. Who's Brandon Tenev? From... <laughs> Look up Is a, he a goalie. No, look up a picture of him, and you'll see why we love him so much. Just, just look up Brandon Tanev, and the first picture that shows up should be one of the two that we've him. we've got some input from our viewers. Oh, we got viewers. I keep forgetting. Francis that. says yes. You are embarrassing in general, anyway, and you should be embarrassed about not caring about hockey. Shocker. Uh, he, he also said I was right, and he said nice hat. Fortunately, they played the second worst team named Miami. <laughs> so would that be Miami of Ohio? Is that who they played? I don't know. I always thought it was weird how my, Miami of Ohio had a football team. In this yeah. picture, Brandon Tanev, he's got a real Adam Gase thing going on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> from that from that opening press conference, yeah. which is like, oh, yeah, exactly. Oh. Except for so what happened was is he had a profile picture like that. Yeah, and everybody was like, what the heck happened? And it was just kind of an accident. So this time he played it up. You know what though? Because I'm seeing his Pittsburgh Penguins one and the Kraken one. Yeah, they're like identical. They could <laughs> yeah. be the same picture. Yeah, like somebody just, just did the Photoshop yeah. jersey swap thing. That's pretty crazy. Can I see it? What? Yeah. Look at the look at the one right above and the one right. Below. Dude, he nailed it. Yeah. Really <laughs> I mean, that might be that might be the Photoshop version. If you if you're listening to this, pause the podcast. Look up. Actually, you could just yeah, keep listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a photoshopped version. Oh, it is. Look, look oh, okay. down below. Oh, here's here's the newer one. Oh, it's a little different. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh oh yeah. He well he overplayed. He overacted in that one. Yeah, because like yeah. I said, and he's smiling fun. a little bit yeah. because he's like, because hey, you yeah, know his boys okay. are in the background. Well, like, never mind then. Letter kidding it up. I right thought you now. did a <laughs> good job, Brandon <laughs> Tanev, but you actually did a bad job. Oh, that sucks. Well, now let's move to Justin's favorite part of the show, which I'm very Serving worried about. questions up on a silver platter, <laughs> but the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump Daniel. So, Daniel, I showed up today, and just just to take the audience behind the curtain here. Uh-oh. I don't want to go behind Literally the 30 seconds before we went live, Daniel was sitting with a <laughs> plate of food, cramming it in his mouth as fast as he possibly could. Like corn on the cob, baked yeah. potato. He actually salmon. packed down an impressive amount of food in about four minutes. I think I still got corn in my teeth. And then you you all should have seen when he ran upstairs to take his food upstairs <laughs> and he knew I got 45 seconds before we go live. When he came downstairs and realized to in the studio, when he realized that he made it before we went live, he did the Tiger Woods fist. Yes. <laughs> He, he really felt like he won. So More input from Francis. Carolina played the Canes. Keep up, Daniel. You wear 13. 
Well, so he's saying that the Miami of Ohio is better than the Hurricanes? Uh, I think he he's saying about that the, the Hurricanes or? are worse than the Dolphins, I think, is oh, what he's saying. Oh, he forgot about Miami of Ohio. <laughs> Good job, Francis, forgetting about Miami of Ohio. But maybe that changes. He could also be talking about the heat. So for Stump Daniel today, for Stump Daniel today, so Daniel came in and he's eating food, and I was like, Daniel, first Stump Daniel, you got to make sure you've got a clean palate. Yeah, that's never. And Daniel was like, Wait, wait, what? Wait a minute, what? (laughs) And then I was like, Oh shoot, I forgot a blindfold. And then Daniel was like, Hold on a minute, (laughs) what's going on here? You're not gonna hate this, Daniel. Okay, I teased this segment. I teased it last week. I said I almost did a blind candy taste test. I like candy. Then I thought, hey, it's midway through October. <laughs> I've got some Halloween candy at my house. Let's go. Because we just bought a bag of Halloween candy to hand out for trick-or-treaters. Yeah. So today, Daniel, you are going to do a blindfolded candy taste test where I will put a piece of candy in front of you. You'll get to feel it. Okay, good. You'll I get to feel not, it and bite it. I'm not about the whole open your mouth thing. No, no. you. I'm, I'm not. Uh, no, I don't want to feed you anything. Yeah. Ugh, that's yucky. Yeah. So I'll put it in front of you, you'll get to hold it, you'll get to taste it, and you got to figure out which candy it was. But before any of that happens, um, one of the perks of being a producer is you get to pick a piece of candy from the bag, any flavor you want. So this will mean whatever candy Andrew picks, you'll know is not going to be one of the candies. So Andrew, you get to come pick a piece of candy, anyone you want. Okay, so Andrew's going to pick some candy, and that eliminates it from yeah. my guessing so abilities. So I show him what I picked. Yes, he can see it. He'll, he'll know, and we'll tell the listeners and viewers what you picked as well. There's ten different candies in here. Ten different candies? Yes. And I get to have all of them? Yeah. Well, you get to have <laughs> nine of them. Oh. The Snickers. Snickers. Andrew took the Snickers. Daniel, before we start, do you have any allergies or dietary restrictions? No. <laughs> okay. Good question. All right. Let's blindfold this dude. Oh. Well. Oh, this is going to be weird around the headphones. I will also close my eyes. I'm not going to cheat. try and cheat. Okay, Daniel is not going to try to cheat, probably. <laughs> now, before we do this, I'm going to show anyone okay, who's no, watching okay. on the live stream. You'll I just be able tried to, to see. I just tried to open my eyes, uh-huh. and it still didn't work. Okay. I was trying to cheat. Oh, All that right. looks good. Yeah. So That's perfect. First like if you candy. threw something at me, it would definitely just hit me in the face. Now, Daniel, you do not have to eat the whole candy. Okay. Only eat as much as you need to, okay? What if I want the whole candy? <laughs> the candy is to the left of your microphone stand, and I have shown... Wait, my left or your left? Your left. You ah, find it? Is it this? Yep. Oh, I... Do you know what it is by feeling it? Yes. Do you want to take your guess, or do you want to take a bite before you... Um, just in case it was a specialty. Okay. Time, you know, because I don't know what kind of tricksy stuff you're doing here. Yeah. So what are you feeling? What did you feel when you picked it up? I felt... Break me off a piece of that... Apple sauce. Fancy ball cream. Fancy feast. Yeah. Tuna fish. So what is tuna fish your official guess? No, it's a Kit Kat bar. That is a Kit Kat bar. Good nah, job, Daniel. Nah. Now the next candy. This is the best <laughs> segment ever. Good job. I thought you'd I thought you'd like this. <laughs> okay, now. Same spot. Next candy. Now what does it feel like? Oh. Weird. Uh-huh. It feels lumpy. <laughs> Oh, wait. Uh, so it's lumpy. Mm-hmm. What flavors are you getting? 
Kit Kat. <laughs> so that water. might be the hard part about this. You still got some lingering Kit Kat and maybe a little bit of salmon in your Cute. on your palate. Um. Yeah. Um, do you not like it? I don't like coconut. <laughs> okay, so you got coconut. <laughs> it's a coconut. You got that. That's right. What else? Okay. Um. <laughs> you seem. I think you know what candy it is, but you can't remember the name. Yes. Isn't it like almond joy? I'll go with that. It is almond joy. Why is there coconut and almond Sometimes joy? you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. <laughs> almond Joy has nuts, Mounds don't. So Mounds is a version of Almond Joy that's the same candy bar but without the almond in it. So it's just coconut? Yes. Yeah. I love coconut. Next candy, well. I'm showing it to our live viewers. <laughs> Daniel, I, I Daniel. don't want this in my just, hand anymore. Okay, <laughs> okay, same spot, next candy's there. It's ready for you. I'm just gonna set that there. Okay. <laughs> I like actually one of my favorite parts of this, and I don't think that the viewers can even see it, is watching Daniel feel around for the candy on the table. <laughs> he is definitely blindfolded. Oh, this is, but is it a special? Is there any wrapper on this? No wrapper. Okay. What do you taste? I taste yumminess. Yumminess, okay. This is, is that... a Reese's peanut butter cup. That is a Reese's peanut butter oh. cup. Daniel, you are really good at tasting candy. <laughs> yeah, I'm showing showing the viewers, the live viewers, what the next one is. What I want to know is how you have put them all in the exact same spot. Great skill. Are you like, and I don't? Are you tossing them? Like, what's going on here? It's like paper football. <laughs> no, I'm actually just leaning over the table and putting oh, them down. Is it that short of a table? Yeah. Next one's in the same spot, Daniel. What does it feel like? Poopy poopy butt butt soup. It feels like a turd, okay. <laughs> it is in the shape of a turd, you've got that right. Mm. Mm. Oh, this is a Twix. That is a Twix. <laughs> Nailed it. Daniel's on a roll, he is four for four. Um. Let's challenge him a little bit, people. I'm a bear claw. Next one's coming here. Hold on one, one second here. Okay, Daniel, same spot. Next candy for the viewers at home. Here it is. Okay. What does that one feel like? Mm. It feels like a candy bar. Okay. Not a turd like the last one? It's definitely not like... Like the other ones, most of them had a very distinct shape. Okay. This one's... Mainly just candy bar. Shape. Okay. Still getting the twix out the, of my yeah, mouth. Yeah, there's some caramel involved in that, so it's, yeah. Okay. Mm. So okay. this nougat candy bar shaped with nougat flavor. Mm -hmm. What other flavors are you picking up here? Well, this could be a tricksy one, but. <laughs> Francis thinks that you should be inserting them into Daniel's mouth with tongs, Justin. Um, I'm not comfortable with feeding Daniel in any way. <laughs> I don't get, I'm not getting any caramel, so I'm going to say, um, what if there is caramel? Gosh darn it. <laughs> I'm going to say Three Musketeer. Oh, you got your first one wrong, Oh, Daniel. was there caramel in you there? You missed the caramel. And no! It, it is a what? It is a Milky Way. It is a Milky Way. Oh! It's not as easy when you can't see it. Huh? Yeah. Okay. All right, people. 
showed the I showed the live viewers what the next one is. Now I'm tasting the caramel. <laughs> All right, Daniel. Same spot. Are you getting full? Uh, no, because okay. as you brought up before, your lunch was, got interrupted. Yeah, very hungry. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what is this? <laughs> what? What's different about this one? It's circular. It's kind of. Is it smashed? It's. Smashed it is a little one? smashed. Yeah. <laughs> It'll still taste good though. Oh. This is okay, you smelled it. That was a new strategy. What did you get from the whiff? <laughs> I got the mint. Okay. You got the mint. So it's round, smushed, and minty. Yep, this is a peppermint powdy. Pa powdy? It's this a, a pe pe peppermint patty. Oh, uh, what do you call that? What is the what is the main brand of peppermint patty there? Uh, I feel like you gotta get the whole thing wait, to get this right. York? There's a York. Oh. It's a York peppermint patty. Okay. Yeah, that was the first smell technique. One. I'm showing the uh, viewing audience what the next one is. Okay. And now... Mm. Mm. This is good radio, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I do, Daniel? I wake up in the morning and I think, what are some ways I could make Daniel happy? <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Daniel would like to eat nine different candies. Yes. This is good. Okay. No, this one is kind of lumpy. It is lumpy, you're correct. It's got kind of a different consistency than the other ones, too. Yeah, I'm not... I, c I recommend taking a smaller bite. A smaller bite? A smaller bite. I promise it's food. <laughs> <laughs> well... Oh. Oh. Okay, good. Are there any dog biscuits in this selection of candy? Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it's all real candy. You just said it's food. Well, yeah, my brother and sister gave me that once too. <laughs> People food was left out of their description. <laughs> See, so this one's a little tougher to eat, right? Yeah, it's all like getting in my teeth and junk. Yeah. Um, I still smell the mint. Yeah, it smells good. Um, this is a tough one, too. I'm, I'm not confident I would get this one in a blind taste test. But it was part of this mix that I bought from Costco of all the most popular candies. I feel like I'm gonna kick myself for this one. I could kick you for you if you want. <laughs> no thanks. Is this... I'm not confident about this one at all. Is that 100 grand? It is 100 grand. <laughs> you nailed it. Okay, Daniel, I've got two candies left. You've only gotten one wrong so far. Okay. And it was only the Milky Way. <laughs> I feel like you should be able to get the last two without a problem. Okay. Okay. From four minutes before the, the show spot. till now, Daniel's gained seven pounds, according to Francis. <laughs> In the same spot. And this one has three pieces. So you got three chances to make sure you know the right thing. Okay. Ah, Did you drop one? I got it. I got okay. it back. You can hear the candy as Daniel is... Feeling it. He's getting a good feel for it. No smelling this one. He went straight to the mouth. Oh, this is a peanut butter and M&M. It's a what? <laughs> <laughs> it's a peanut... It's a... No, it's not what I said originally. It's Thank not you what... For, okay. Yeah, it's a peanut M&M. It is a peanut M&M. It's not what you first said, because no. what you first said was a peanut butter M&M 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 M&M. So it's not that. Peanut butter M&Ms are good. 
Okay. Last. Last candy, Daniel. It's right there. Don't <laughs> drop your water bottle. I realize you're at a disadvantage water bottle wise because we blindfolded you. But this is another one. You got three shots. Three shots to get this right. Okay. Yep, okay. Yep, okay. Okay. Yep. What are you feeling? I'm feeling regular M&Ms. You're feeling regular? Is that your final answer? Yes, sir. That is correct, Daniel. You got eight out of nine. Now, the big question here is why on a, all chocolate. Why on an audio podcast did I decide the best thing to do would be to let Daniel just have a bunch of candy? And sometimes we make decisions just to make sure that the rest of the show is going to be good. So now we have a Daniel that's in a very good mood. He's fed. He had some real food and then a bunch of candy. And yep. he actually also still has a few little pieces of candy in front of him. Yeah, I'm not touching one of those, though. Yeah, that's just the almond. Those are great. You can take the blindfold off if you want. Oh, to. okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're done. But eight out of nine. <laughs> eight out of nine. I hope everyone at home enjoyed that as much as Daniel did. So there wasn't three musketeers in that? No, there wasn't. That would be the one. So that's that's it's another good question. The <laughs> <laughs> blindfold comes off. That's a good question because I was wondering, like, th- I bought this big Halloween bag of candy at Costco, yeah. and I was really impressed with the variety that's in it. There's literally ten different kinds of really good candies in yeah. it. Yeah, it's a good mix. Yeah. So, and then you know, the only one you didn't get was the one that Andrew took, which was the Snickers. But. What would be the one that you think, oh, that that candy got snubbed? What was the snub candy? Well, Three Musketeers has to be up there. Yeah. Is it just a chocolate pack? Because I like me some Skittles. Yeah. I think we could open it up to whatever. Although they definitely did. It didn't say chocolate candy. It just it was just a bag of candy. And they just happened to go all chocolate. Then I'm going to say Skittles. Skittles, yeah. But if you're going candy bar, Three Musketeers has to be up there. But I get the having the Milky Way and not the Three Musketeers. Yeah. Milky Way's better. Right. Okay. Well, I think I what love... Are you, what are you going? I love Three Musketeers. Mm. I love do the they... Fast Break Bar. Mm. So, and they do... That's a good Reese's, point. The okay, Reese's so, Fast Break Bar. But, like, Reese's makes... Tons of di- like you could get a variety bag of yeah. fun size Reese's candies only, and there could be like five different kinds of candies in there, mm. and they're all excellent. Yeah. yeah. But my my favorite actually of the Reese's has always been like the holiday shapes ones. So like <laughs> because it, it just like the the peanut butter to chocolate ratio is awesome in those, and it, I, to me it's like the perfect candy. I don't so know the, the tree for Christmas. Yeah. You got the pumpkins for Halloween. You got hearts on Valentine's Day. All those special holiday ones. And now the new I don't know how new it is, but the new twist to that was they have those with tiny Reese's pieces inside of the peanut butter. Oh. And those are like, boy, if I thought they perfected candy before. <laughs> They added the little Reese's Dude, pieces to it. It's even better. Them adding the Reese's pieces to that is like some Jack in the Box level. Like, let's just throw crap in a blender. Like, and put a whatever. taco between two buns with a hamburger. Yeah, and throw melty cheese on it. And be yeah. like, late night snack. Yeah. Come on, all you stoners. But it's so good. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now they have mini tacos. Have you seen that? 
We Jack should just talk about food for this whole episode. <laughs> That'd be better than what we got on the docket. I just, mean, Justin's wife, <laughs> Angel, says that Allie thought Daniel's burp was funny. <laughs> I'm glad somebody did. I was debating whether to go with that or not. Uh, Francis, any kind of flatulence. She'll, she'll laugh at any kind of flatulence. Francis oh, really? says three musketeers are a solid meh. Okay. I, I could understand why people would yeah. have that. So the other, I agree the other with thing them. that I really like that I think... Um, is kind of a polarizing candy is Whoppers. So like little malted milk balls. Yeah. I love them, but I also, I can see why people might not care They're for them They're very that much. strong. Yeah. And if you don't like that flavor, <laughs> I'm still hiccuping. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I've gone through periods where I love them and then when I hate them. And now I'm just kind of like, eh. Do you guys, I don't think they make fun-sized Charleston Chew. Have you ever had those? Are those the ones that come in a triangle box? Uh, no, those are the, uh, Toblerone. Toblerone, okay. yeah. So uh, what's the, a Charleston Chew? The, I think, I'm sure I've had you it. You get them at, like, Little League games, I feel like, and they're kind okay. of like a super long, thin candy bar, and they're like, you better watch out, you might break your tooth on it. Yeah. And they've probably been in the concession stand at the Little League game for, like, four years. Right. <laughs> but they're good, and they have, like, chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's solid. So what's the candy bag mix that, what's the candy that in a bag mix you, you're not buying it if it's not in there? Like, you're going to buy a mixed bag of candy to give out to trick-or-treaters or whatever, because I feel like... There's a lot of those variety bags that don't have Reese's in them. And Reese's is the best candy. But it's not really the most common fun size candy. I think most of the time, like, you got, like, guaranteed Snickers. You got guaranteed M&M's. Yeah. You got guaranteed Milky Way. But is there a candy that you're like, I'm not buying that bag if it doesn't have this candy in it? Well, again, because I like the variety. Yeah. And I feel like what I just ate was... Nine chocolate things. Yeah. So I'm going to say I need some Skittles in there. Or some Spree. You love you some Spree. Oh, those chewy Spree. <laughs> yeah. every you time, do know me. Every time we, we go to Hoop Some Fest. Sour Patch Kids. So, for, yeah. And, and any, any person who... I don't know if this is the same when you get older, but like... As young people, and we haven't been to Hoop Fest now in a few years, but yeah. it was like, we're going to go on a road trip, <laughs> we're spending the weekend, yep. let's get some snacks. Snacks! There's got to be beef yeah. jerky. Oh, it's yeah. got to be beef jerky. Oh, yeah. And, and for me, like... The and pepperoni sticks. Pepperoni sticks. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. And Daniel, every time we went, <laughs> would have like that giant bag of spree. <laughs> yeah. not, not the rolls of it or anything. Nope. You got to get the big bag. Yep. And it's got to be the chewy kind. The chewy one. Yeah. Exactly. And I never really thought I liked spree until we went on those road trips. <laughs> and I was like, man, in a car... Driving across the spray, the state, spree tastes good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and your mouth will be destroyed by the end of that road trip. It totally kills the inside of your mouth. It's horrible, but darn it, so good. Oh my gosh, that was a fun stump, Daniel. We yeah. should uh, do food-related things more often. Yeah, and it'll be it will be interesting now because I did that because it was in honor of Halloween because yeah. it's almost Halloween. We still have another sh- <clears throat> show before Halloween, <laughs> and Halloween is on a Sunday. Oh, so we will have to figure out how we work our all of our family stuff and figure out yeah. when to do the podcast and that then day. Next month is Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we can have like mashed potato taste test. Or I'll something. be feeding Daniel during <laughs> Stump Daniel every week. I'm gonna get so fat. So the question is, how many times do I have to give you real food through the whole thing to get you to trust it? To where I can sneak in something that's not real food. Well, now you just blew it. Because <laughs> <laughs> now I don't trust it. My, well, only, we... my only hope is that 
I know that you won't feed me anything because that would be icky. Yeah, and I don't like things that are icky. Yeah. So or unless yucky. you get Andrew to start doing that, then I think I I have the safety of at least feeling it before it's I true. put it in my mouth. Because if I if I watched you eat something that I wouldn't want to eat, it would make me feel sick. Oh, that's and it's not. I wouldn't else. have sympathy pain for you. Like I wouldn't care that you were eating something <laughs> gross, but it would make me feel sick too. It so make, I just yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. That, yeah, and I don't want you to throw up anywhere. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we can move on into like sports talk. I, could I guess. just talk about candy and food all day. Yeah. And road trips to Hoop Fest. <laughs> right. But uh, let's let's move into Mariners and Daniel. You put in something. I put in something. Somebody Mariners? did. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> so so expand on why you wanted to talk about this and what was interesting about it. Well, did you did you guys get a chance to read the Mitch Hanniger? I started to, but it was so long. It was so long, and I haven't read it. Like Mitch, trim the fat. Part dude. of it is like, because yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, is it just because we're journalists who write things that we kind of go start critiquing stuff like that? I mean, yeah. But so many people were like, "Oh, this is so well written," and I was like, "Dude, he says like and man in it about a hundred times." Like, yeah. Yeah, well, it's not ghostwritten, Daniel. Yeah, it true. was. I think it was probably. Well, they have editors too. That, like, yeah, I mean, they have people who clean I, up their actual I appreci- mistakes. I appreciate. Okay. Right. I appreciate the lack of polish because in in those articles because it it does help convey the the fact that this is a player yeah. writing down his thoughts maybe this with is editors a guy but who's never been to school he's just been playing <laughs> baseball his whole life he probably has about as much credibility as most actual journalists right now that's a good point which is i know something that we've talked about as something i'm very frustrated about in general yeah that's true um, but that's anyway so mitch hanniger wrote a piece for the players tribune um about what happened this season and what he's expecting in the future. And my, I think because he's entering his last year of arbitration, so he could be a free agent after yep. next year. So I guess for me, I kind of took comfort in the fact that he's like, it was a really, hey, Mariners fans, I'm all in yeah. kind of an article. Totally. So what, what stood out to you about it? Uh, what stood out to me is what he said at the end of it, which is he said to the front office specifically, he was like, hey, Let's go. Yeah. And he was like talking to them specifically. I also thought it was interesting how much the whole team seemed to rally around Seeger during this season. Yeah. And I think a lot of the talking heads that we listen to, or maybe the. Yeah, I know. I haven't really listened much. But I mean, Mike Salk would have you think that it was like two guys who liked Seeger and everybody else thought he was a grumpy old man and nobody really cares. That is time and time again and quote and quote again has looked to be absolute bull crap. So that that talking about being frustrated with journalists, more like condescending uh, anyway. So that was another thing that stood out to me, but also just the fact that he wants to push this over the hump and the ride that they went on surprised him. And I think that's a view like Everybody, when they talk, now I'm going to say like all the time. Gosh darn it, I realized that I started doing that. That is something that we hear about people all the time when they're talking about sports teams. Is they're like, oh, nobody had this expectation except for the team. And Mitch Anniger takes us behind the curtain a little bit. And he's like, yeah, we didn't even expect this. Are you kidding me? Like, Especially him. You know, he's a veteran. He's not one of these young guys who are like, yeah, we can win it all. He's like, I was looking around. 
not expecting much this year. Maybe yeah. we'll get to 500. That's what he said in that article. Maybe we'll get to 500, surprise some people. But when they got on that run, he said it felt like he was in one of those sports movie montages where every where you just couldn't lose. And I don't know. That was a really fun insight. A lot to of their games into. did feel that way. Yeah, like they were never out of a game. Mm-hmm. That was totally true. I think. As I was reading the portion of it that I read, because if I'm being completely honest, I probably got through about like six paragraphs and then I was like, gosh, this is long. When's it going to be over? And then I scrolled down and I scrolled down and I scrolled down and I scrolled down (laughs) and then I read like the last three paragraphs. And I I think I had already sent you like two of those. Yeah, you had. Yeah. 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 So but what what stood out to me is like we have and now I just said like, I know I'm going to notice it now every time I say it. So like. We, we've care. talked a lot about in the past about Scott service as being a culture builder and that article by Mitch Hanniger reeked of the culture has been built up in this program. Just stunk of it. Just stunk. <laughs> it stanks, man. So as I was reading it, I was like, yeah, this is really cool. And what I was looking for was, is this Mitch telling us I want to leave or I want to stay? So I was looking for that. Yeah. Didn't find that, but I was encouraged by what I did read. And then I thought, man, this is a guy who's played for a manager that has built the right kind of culture. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Mitch, I mean, Scott Service should be the manager of the year. Agreed. I, I don't. The only, that what, uh, oh boy, do they do that in both leagues? Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, whoever is the manager of the Giants, which I have no clue, like that team overperformed crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because that's really what. It's always the odd years. What ends up happening with manager of the year is pretty much they look at what were the preseason projections for all these teams and who had the most wins over the projection, and that guy kind of has a leg up. Yeah. Um, And, And it's funny because look at the preseason projections for the Mariners. 70, and 72 then, wins. And then look at all the injuries they suffered. Right. Like, that was your preseason projections with rookie of the year, Kyle Lewis, playing exactly. center field every day. Yeah, and probably expecting a jump from Evan White. And thinking that James Paxton might pitch at least one full game. <laughs> or did, he, did he even get out of an inning? <laughs> he Did he get hurt in the first inning or the second inning? I don't remember. That poor guy. I that feel so bad poor big old Canadian. He seems like such a nice guy. Yeah, agreed. Ugh. That's just big maple. Let's move on. We have a Seahawks game tonight. So everything we're going to talk about now, people aren't going to care about. I've got a list of the inactives. Do you want? I did see that. And I thought LJ Collier being on it is pretty damning for his career. I think the most fun, because we've done this with the Super Bowl too. Like we don't want to record a show after the Super Bowl. So we record a show before. And then knowing that people who listen to the podcast are not going to listen to it till afterwards, we have to kind of take into consideration like what's still going to be entertaining at that point. Yeah. And I thought the way we did the Super Bowl was really fun, where we took all this stuff and we we're like, let's make a bunch of predictions about what's going to happen. Oh, that yeah. way, by the time people listen, they could already be like, you were wrong, you were wrong, you're dumb. And this is why Justin should be doing this like on a national level. Like, are Thank you, you kidding me? You're so darn good at this stuff. It's kind of annoying sometimes. You know, I I really, no, I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, okay, so we've got two notes here. Before I put a couple of, like, prop bets. Before you did all of that smart stuff, I wrote in two things. (laughs) Now I feel like an idiot. Just read them. Geno time. (laughs) And is 
Russ rooting for a debacle? I didn't even make it a full sentence. I just said Russ rooting for a debacle? But you did put punctuation on the end of it. Yeah, that question mark. But you know how it, how uh, any whatever word processing thing you're using puts lines under stuff when you use improper grammar? <laughs> yep, it's there. There's the blue line. <laughs> it's like, this is not a sentence. Sometimes that's wrong, but it's correct this time. Yeah. So uh, how do we expect Geno Smith to do? And I know that's in one of your over-under kind yeah. of is in there. But also, I thought the interesting talking point is, would Russell Wilson be happy if this offense function, functioned well? Like, wouldn't because for how how many years now has everybody gone? Oh, Russell Wilson's amazing. Just look at what he's working with, and he's somehow making magic out of nothing. And if it wasn't for Russell Wilson, they might not win any games. Like, if they don't have Russell Wilson, they're terrible. What if? What if they won? And they scored like 35 points. That would, that would, would Russ be happy? I still think ultimately he would be because he's so competitive that he wants, he still thinks they can win and he wants to win after the, after he comes back. But if if they do great while he's gone, would he get his job back? Why wouldn't he? If they go undefeated. Well, that's what happened with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. I think Alex Smith was undefeated that year. Yeah, but Alex and Smith And then wasn't. Kaepernick came in, and they still went undefeated, and then Alex Smith got healthy, and they're like, eh, never mind. We're going to go with Kaepernick, who's going to totally choke, and I, we're going to lose the Super Bowl. I can't think of a, an example of anybody that that's happened to that was Russell Wilson's caliber, though. Like, he is... And he was having a really good year. He was the, going into the game that he got hurt. He was the highest-rated passer in the NFL. True, but he had nine touchdowns and, three, and no Justin. picks. No, no, I get Hold it. Hold on, I've got a similar question that goes along with that. If they do really well, does Russell Wilson say, "You guys aren't good at setting me up to succeed. I'm going to go somewhere else and trade me." That would be kind of dumb. I just would, think, and then if, there's also if they were good, if they looked better than they did with Wilson, then I think everybody would go, uh, "Sure, Russ, you've just been proven to be part of the problem, not the solution." I think that might also kind of end up being a little bit unfair. Only if, that if happened the only because the offense working, didn't they're change. working in a new they're working in a new offense that everybody's trying to learn and get better at, including their first time offensive coordinator. So it's reasonable to think that like everyone else outside of the quarterback including the coach could be better at running this system as the season goes on that's true sure so but there's also there's recent precedent for a historically great quarterback getting his job back after a, a, a sub does really well because when drew Brees was out for four weeks teddy bridgewater went four and oh that's true and then when breeze was was ready they brought him back in i just and i know that like you know bledsoe lost his job to brady like there's all these examples of guys losing their job to someone because they got hurt. I just can't think of one that was at Russ's caliber and playing as well as he was up to that point. Especially when the backup isn't young up-and-comer, but yeah. Old, yeah. old dude. Old dude who's never really been good. Yeah. Who's just kind of hung out. Yeah, I have no faith in Geno. I know I, I said that last week. I, I think it's reasonable to expect that he could be fine. I mean, I'm not saying... I don't think he's going to go out there and be like a total crap show like he'll be okay i mean I think. do you think selfish be a- selfish rooting interest i hope that he goes out in the first <laughs> quarter and i don't know breaks his pinky something that makes it so he can't play or but it's not a, in the big scheme of things dislocates his middle finger 
Gets so, the same injury that Russ did. No, not, not that much bad. pain involved. Not yeah, but I don't want him to be out that long. <laughs> okay. Like I, you know, something that just knocks him out for the game. You think about well, karma he, when you root for an injury. And then Jake Lute. Well, yes, <laughs> he got I do. Knocked out. Why do you think I've been injured so many times? He my got life? knocked out for <laughs> most of a game in the preseason, all or a ga- plus a game because he missed a game afterwards too oh, in yeah, the preseason. You're right. So I forgot about that. It's that's why I was I I was curious about if you guys think that they'll bring another quarterback in because. Well, they already have. We, we're, you can't like be the, confident that Geno is going to make it through through two games. Yeah, but that's why they have Jake Luton, who is a guy who started multiple games for the Jaguars last year. War, is it Wars or Wires? It's Wars. You said it right. <laughs> okay, because I heard for somebody on a video the other day the said Jags. Wires, and I was like, am, 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 was I right? It's a common mispronunciation. Oh, okay. Jags. For the Jags <laughs> the last Jags. year. And he actually did pretty well. So there's your guy right there. Well, Luton... They could just Looting bring all away. Did Sean Mannion end up signing somewhere? Yeah, he's <laughs> oh. he went right back to Minnesota. Is Derek Anderson still around? I mean, I How think about he's Matt alive. Moore? Let's just go through all of the different Beaver quarterbacks. Matt Moore, <laughs> he was a backup in Kansas City. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> I mean, backup QBU, man. Yeah. So <laughs> BQBU. That would be the acronym. Right. BU. Francis like says, just give him some candy, and now he's rooting for the Seahawks quarterback to get injured. Did not see that coming. <laughs> he's all hopped up on sugar. He's not thinking clearly. <laughs> Did not see that. If you knew that the backup was a beaver, Francis, it wouldn't have been as shocking. <laughs> So I did go in to a couple of random websites. So I I can't say like with a hundred percent certainty that and these over unders and stuff computer. are correct. No no no. Like <laughs> I so I wanted to get number one. I wanted the I wanted the point spread. Yeah. I wanted the over under, and then I wanted a few player prop bets. But I couldn't find everything in one place. So I had to it's go hard. to like a few different websites to get it. Okay. It's harder to do for a regular season game than the Super Bowl. Right. Well, fortunately, it's a Sunday night game, so there's like a little bit more information out there because it's a primetime game. Okay. But. Uh, uh, first off, the Steelers are favored anywhere between four and a half and five and a half points. I'm going to stick with the four and a half. So who thinks here that the Steelers are going to cover the four and a half point spread? I so bad. I do not. So you got the Seahawks against the spread. Yep. Yeah, me too. And Andrew does. I'm going to say, dang it, Andrew. I was supposed to be on my own over there. <laughs> Uh, oh, I just realized that I was marking it with an S for Seahawks, but Steelers also starts with an S. Uh, I'm gonna say just to be a contrarian here, that I think it's I think that's a fair spread. Like it's, I think the Steelers are gonna win, and I think. But how many times do you see NFL games come closer than that? Like yeah. that's the only thing that I'm thinking is the NFL is weird. This is a thing I should know. Is this a home game or an away game? Oh, I should know that too. <laughs> Andrew, do you know? No, I don't. <laughs> we're bad fans. We're terrible fans. Russell yeah. Wilson gets hurt and we just stop. Russell attention. Wilson got hurt and Kraken is new bay now. Yeah. New, uh, for new An- bay. It's Andrew's new bay. Good lord. Uh, yeah, he might as well be saying tutties or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, it's, at, it's at Pittsburgh. Okay. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Not I, because I think Pittsburgh is good, but because... Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. Yeah, Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. Exactly. Gotcha. Well, if there was a way for Ben Roethlisberger to get back on track, it's facing the Seattle secondary. Right. That's, so, that's a fair point. Uh, yeah. Over-under is Wolf. set at 42.5 points total. Total. Daniel, do you want the over or the under? 
I'll just say I'll say first. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to take the over then. Okay. I think I mean, the defenses are going to be well. I think the Seahawks defense is going to be worse than their offense. So I'm Andrew's going, got the over. I'm going under. Okay. So right now, Daniel and I have the under. Andrew has the over. Okay, here's the next prop bet. I went through and I got some player. I don't feel good about that one. Some player props here. Geno Smith passing yards. This was a real over under I found from a betting website. Two twenty four point five. Wow. I'm gonna go over. Okay. Yeah, I'll go over too. Is it too. because yeah. you think they're gonna be playing from behind or? Yeah, Gino's just gonna be chucking it all day, and it doesn't matter if he throws interceptions. I like, also think they're gonna be feeding uh, DK. Honestly, like I think they're gonna be giving him a lot of of quick passes. I'm gonna go feeding under him candy. Yes. I'm going to go under rock, because Daniel, it's better for rock. my fantasy team because I picked up Alex Collins to plug in <laughs> as my run. So in my fantasy teams, everyone cares about my fantasy team. I have um, Russell obviously. Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb all out this week. That Two of those guys are on IR. So poor so, Alex Collins. So, yeah. So both of my running <laughs> Wait, backs I got to drop Alex Collins in my league. <laughs> I, have, I have my starting running backs right now are Javante Williams and Alex Collins, which is not what I was hoping for. But it's better for my fantasy team if they pass less and run more, so I'm going to go under. That's my scientific reason. Gotcha. Next one, DK Metcalf receptions over under 4.5. Daniel? It's uh, over. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew? Oh. Over under what? Over under 4.5. DK receptions. Oh, over. Okay. I'm going to go under. We, I'm, boy, I'm really... Contrarian. I, right now, I'm What's like, your basis for that? There's three of the four <laughs> things that you two picked together, and I picked the opposite. I, you don't have to have one, but do you have a, a thought process for why you My think DK will have less? My thought process is Geno Smith stinks, and I don't think he's going to be able to complete passes. Dude, I think he completed five passes to him in the one quarter. He oh, played. that's because yeah. that's because the team they're playing against didn't have a chance to game plan for <laughs> Geno Smith. <laughs> I mean, now we got a Pittsburgh defense who's game planned against Geno Smith coming into this one. He's their best offensive weapon, so 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 about that. Okay, I, Tyler. Oh, sorry, Andrew. I'm kind of excited to see DK get the chance to like. I expect them to to. I expect Gino to force balls he probably shouldn't throw to DK. Honestly, <laughs> because I think if you're not a great quarterback, you tend to force the throws to your best most athletic crazy receiver i'm i'm kind of excited to see what that looks like when dk gets well some and, balls and if dk is streaking down the field he might force balls deep yeah <laughs> okay so daniel <laughs> do you <laughs> daniel <clears throat> tyler lockett longest reception over under 22.5 yards uh, let's see. If Russ was playing, I'd say over, but I'm going to say under. Okay. Andrew? What was the question I'm getting? Tyler Lockett. <laughs> I'm reading things. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's, That's okay. okay. Tyler Lockett, longest reception, over, under 22.5. Did you make I'm up I'm going to say under. One? Under? Yeah. Okay. Did you make up the next number? Just no. By yourself? Nope. I did That's not. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, and I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go over on this one because I'm going to say, I'm going to say Lockett catches one deep pass. I just, I feel it. I feel that. That's an instinct. And also, I'm just going against you guys on everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not sure that uh, the offensive line will be able to hang on to allow deep passes. That's That was my thought Is process. Is T.J. Watt healthy? 
I don't know. There's another thing we should know. Yeah. <laughs> the Kraken. Darn you, Kraken. Alex Francis Collins. wants to know who has deeper balls, Russ or Gino. <laughs> Russ. <laughs> Russ throws. Russ. Russ really forces those. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> he really thrives on the deep balls. He does. <laughs> Alex Collins scrimmage yards over under 69.5. This was a real betting line that I found on a betting website. Nice. I'm going to go under. Under. Okay. You picked him up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go under as well. <laughs> I, I'm going to go over because I think, uh, I guess that you, there could be some DJ Dallas in the mix there too. But I'm thinking with a running back that, uh, or with a quarterback that's not your regular starter, you might have a lot of checkdowns or more checkdowns and screen passes than normal. I, so I'm going to say with the combination of rushing and receiving, Alex Collins goes over 69.5. I would agree with you, except that. I'm worried about the impact that him being on your fantasy team will have on the game. That's a fair point because it's, uh, it's been kind of a ca- uh, let me let's just say that catastrophe. If I got a trophy, it would be of a cat's <laughs> butt. It would be a, a cat's trophy. I don't want to say the bad word. It's a cat butt trophy. It's a catastrophe. Get it? It'd be trophy. Oh, <laughs> I get it. I was not tracking. Did you see my face? (laughs) So right now, for the listeners, for a little bit of entertainment, we have have one fantasy league that the three of us are all in together. Yes. And Daniel and I are in the two last spots. We're the only two winless teams remaining. It's pretty bad. And we are playing against each other this week. So one of us will have to come out with a win. And it's not looking good for me. I think uh, the fact that I named my team Baby Chark... Do 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 do, and then DJ Chark then got injured that week. Didn't uh, was not good for foreboding. I think I need you, to change my team name. You, you actually, should not change your team name. You actually might have you cursed yourself someone else by naming naming your team Pop Locket Drop It before you had Tyler Lockett. Yeah, and then you drafted him, <laughs> and then what? I t- I named my team Real Pop Locket Drop It because I was you were the Pop Locket Drop It. I was the real Pop Locket yeah, Drop It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times can I say pop, lock it, drop it Way before I mess it times. up on it? Uh, <laughs> too many. Way too many. Well, I think, uh, do you guys have anything else from the game, from the Seahawks you want to talk about? So first of all, we're very uninformed. <laughs> we didn't know if TJ Watt's playing. We didn't know if it was a home or away game. Yeah. We don't know crap about what's happening in the Seahawks game because you guys got distracted by the Kraken. I gave up watching or caring anything about it when Russ went out. And now all I care about is my fantasy teams. You know what also hurts me in this? Is I no longer want to listen to seven ten. Yeah, yeah. That Good really point. hurts how informed I am on just like the day to day. Yeah, knowledge of things. I started the first day that the Mike Salk show took over. I listened for about five minutes at the beginning, then I turned it off, and Seven-10. I have not listened to anything from Seven Ten, including Jake and Stacy, including the weekly Brock and Salk podcast. I've listened to nothing. I've been listening to Paul Gallant's podcast, yeah. but he does a lot more. He does talk about some local stuff, but he's his topics are more broad, and he doesn't really go like super deep analytical. And he doesn't get into yeah, and he doesn't go into the, like the day to day info right. at all. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't figured out like what days he usually posts. It's Tuesdays and Fridays. Okay, and that's regular. It is regular. Okay. Although he missed, there was one day last week he missed because he's been like. 
he went to Boston for a few days and he went to flew to LA and somewhere in there there was like some technical issues so he has he hasn't been really <laughs> consistent but the idea is Tuesdays and Fridays every week okay good yeah. to know yeah because I, I do love the show, except for if he goes back to those cheating Astros, I don't know if I'll be able to listen to him yeah, anymore he did. either. So that was one thing I was, I almost put that in the two minute drill. Like, is it okay? So Paul Gallant, for those of you who don't know, was a, <laughs> for the last couple years, was a Seattle radio sports personality that we all loved. And we listened to the show pretty regularly with him and Danny O'Neill. And he was recently um, terminated, I guess laid off, fired. I don't know what the correct, what actually happened was. So he's doing his own thing now. He's got his own <laughs> podcast going. And he came from Houston yeah. before he was in Seattle. So he was covering the Astros. But, Trash Joes. But when they, were che- when they were caught cheating, he kind of like disassociated himself from them. Smart. So now he's saying, yeah, they cheated, but they're not cheating anymore. So can I go get back with my ex-team because they're not cheating now? And he admitted publicly that he's rooting for the Astros, even though he still said he will root for the Mariners next season. So, Daniel, what's your, what are your thoughts on that? I don't like it. It's complicated because it's, it's a division it, rival, it, it's, and it's the most evil team in the. I also the just majors. hit the cameras. So who knows where they're <laughs> pointed anymore? It's a division rival. Also, it's hard because I'm kind of glad I don't work in the media in that capacity because these people are like becoming fans of like whatever market they move to to work. Yeah. Because didn't he grow up in the New England area? Yeah. Yeah. So he was a Boston fan. Oh, and he had well, he's it. still a huge Tom Brady fan. He's a Patriots fan, and he loves Tom Brady, but he explained in w- at one point why he doesn't root for the Red Sox anymore. Okay. And it was something to do with, like, organizational issues that they yeah. had there. Uh, yeah, the Astros definitely didn't have any organizational issues. <laughs> well, that would explain why he roots for... Oh, wait. Yeah, you yeah. were being sarcastic. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't... I mean, you guys know me. I'm a... Pick one team in a sport, and then I'm... Dino's a ride or die I'm guy. I'm stuck with them until I'm dead. And it's sometimes <laughs> miserable, but when they win, oh, it's so sweet. I mean, it's admirable. It's an admirable quality. Is it, have. though? I mean, I've played it <laughs> off like it's super admirable. And the more and more I go with it, and the more and more I argue with people... I think it just makes me super jaded. This is the first time I've ever seen a crack in that persona at all. Like, you've always been the, no, this is the right way to do it. I'm the good guy. I think I'm just starting to realize more and is more it these days. I've been constantly telling you you're just setting yourself up for heartbreak over and over again. Did yeah, I get well, through to you? Well, see, I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. I'm just saying that I understand why more people don't take the lonely road that I do. You're getting self-righteous again? Yep. Gosh dang it. <laughs> well, I think this would be a good time to transition. So we're, yeah. we are going to talk some local sports, and we got a little bit of mailbag. But first, go. let's have a word from our sponsors and take a quick commercial break. <laughs> I said that was a slow setup, Andrew. That was the slowest that I can. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W. 
Thank you to our sponsors, Oli Penn Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. And I apologize to my exasperated producer, <laughs> who usually makes a noise like, <laughs> this time he audibly sighed at me. Yes, he did. <laughs> you were It in wasn't trouble. just at you, it was at me, but okay. <laughs> I... I tried. I it's, tried to set it up slowly. It's a lot more complicated than just playing a file now. Okay, I'm sorry, Andrew. Uh, next time, next time, I'll say we're going to take a commercial break in a second, and then I'll I'll lead that'd be into great. it. I'll that'd lead be great. into it that way. We'll do that. We'll try that next time. Uh, what, what Andrew think we're professionals or something? No. Well, you. I mean, we have been. <laughs> I mean, we have been. If you combine the two iterations of the show, it's been like five plus years that we've been doing this. So, only we've only been doing it live for. A few weeks. Good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah we we'll used to that. take we used to take <laughs> about four hours to record a thirty minute podcast, yes, and we true. would do it in like six different sections, and then Andrew would have to piece everything all together. Yeah. Oh, how far we've come. Yeah. We Thank have. goodness. Oh, how many poops we used to give. <laughs> yeah. And take. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again to our sponsors, the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz, and. Oli Penn Real Estate, because now it's time for the Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. And Justin is furiously getting his phone out to get to TikTok, I'm assuming, because our Athlete of the Week is Elma Freshman Forward. I'm hoping I'm not messing up this name. It's either Beta Valentine or Beta Valentine. Either way, she scored a hat trick for what I've seen recorded as the third straight game, but it might be the second straight game because I couldn't find the first game of that series. Either way, it's impressive. Either way, she has at least seven goals this last week. That's a lot. Including two that hat a lot. Including two hat tricks in a row. So... Uh, She's a freshman? Yeah, freshman forward, Betta Valentine for the Elma Eagles with two, at least two hat tricks this week and at least seven goals and maybe more if that one sentence that I read in the Daily World was actually correct and that was her third hat trick in a row. But either way, I mean, heck of a week. You are our athlete of the week this week. Is it considered a hat trick if you take your hat and do that thing where you flip it in the air and then it lands on your head? Is that a hat trick? I mean, that is... That is a hat trick, yes. But not the same kind. <laughs> but can you do that hat trick while scoring three goals in a goal-oriented sport? Which is more impressive, scoring three goals in a varsity game <laughs> or flipping your hat onto your head? As someone who's tried to flip their hat onto their head a lot, I'm, and yet I have scored three goals in a game. No, it wasn't in varsity. Dang it. Was that in JV? I didn't play Was in it in rec? It was, was rec? it was rec ball. So I'm going to say it's the varsity hat trick. You're right. Valentine's better than me. (laughs) Congratulations, Beta or Beta Valentine. What an awesome week. Yes. And somebody please let us know exactly how to pronounce that name because I have a feeling that this freshman is going to pop up on our Athlete of the Weeks uh, further down the line. I mean, we could do research on these things on our own beforehand, but it's easier just to be like, let's just say it wrong and let let someone correct us. Exactly, because... (laughs) The no. quickest way to find an answer is to post the wrong answer on the internet. <laughs> exactly. That is true. Also, algorithms love comments, and people won't comment if you just have it correct. They'll let you know when it's wrong, Good though. Point. Good point. So let's get into, do we have much more? This was a brutal week for yeah. high school football, so let's get into the local sports roundup. Yeah. 
Centralia topped Hoquiam. I realize I skipped to the second one on the line there, Daniel. Sorry. <laughs> Centralia topped Hoquiam 29-14 to on Friday at Olympic Stadium for the Grizzlies. The touchdowns were scored by Jalen Hobucket and Geo Foster. Montesano fell to Tenino for the first time since 2013 as they lost 26 to 32. Isaiah Pierce had 125 rushing yards and two touchdowns in the loss. That's not surprising. He is excellent. Uh, Jackson Wilson went six for 10 with 109 passing yards, one throwing TD and a rushing TD. Not bad for the youngster getting his first start at quarterback for the for McElravey, who was out for that game. Uh, Aberdeen went to Chehalis and faced WF West and lost 45-14. Jeremy Sawyer, in typical form, rushed for 144 yards and a touchdown, bringing his season totals to 967 yards and 10 touchdowns in, I believe, six games so far for the Bobcats. Um, he added a he added to his 100-yard streak, which is now at 10 games, Andrew thinks. I, I think. I, Daniel, Daniel thinks. thinks. That's, I think. Sorry. <laughs> sorry on that one. I'm pretty sure it's 10 games now dating back to last season. He's gotcha. had 100 yards nice. in each of those there games. There you go, Jeremy. Yeah. Elma fell to Eatonville. Gosh, this is just a depressing football. Uh, 51-6. to Jared yeah. Bailey did have a 70-yard touchdown run in the third quarter. Uh, he accounted for half of the Eagles' 140 yards of total offense. And I hate Eatonville. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. You know what? I've disliked it, them Andrew. since I was like a kid. That's it. And it's an, oh. it's like one of those like why I hate Linden type situations. So yeah. <laughs> so we, we went into this week saying, hey, this is a really interesting Evergreen League. And we're going to learn a lot about the pecking order of the Evergreen League. Oh, because we yeah. knew Eatonville's good. Montesano's good. Tenino's good. Elma's good. We yep. just didn't know how what the level of good of all those teams are. I think Eatonville has definitely proven by beating all three of the other good teams. Uh, Tenino played them really close within two points. Montesano played them competitively, um, ended up losing 35-18. to 18. And now Eatonville proven definitely to be the class of the Evergreen 1A League with that win against Elma. Yes, and it's really frustrating. We don't like outsiders. Stupid cruisers. <laughs> we don't like that. Out- stupid nickname, too. <laughs> yeah. Cruisers. cruisers. It's something about trains. It's dumb. Really? That's what yeah. it is? It's not something even like a trains. timber cruiser? Stupid cruiser. The train cruiser? I don't know. What's a timber cruiser? I mean, you go out and you, like, cruise plots the of Timberland. The fact that Daniel knows that timber cruisers exist <laughs> and Justin doesn't know what they are suggests that it's possible they are timber cruisers. That's a fair point. I think it's something to do with trains. <laughs> now I'm doubting myself. Well, trains would be silly. So then the other thing that we needed to figure out was, okay, well, now we can tell Eatonville clearly the best. Based on the way Eatonville dismantled Elma, yeah. I think it's fair to say Elma might be like a little below those other teams because Tenino and Montesano both played Eatonville a lot more closely. Which kind of surprised me from watching Eaton. Now, I did watch Eatonville play a garbage team. Mm-hmm. Wow, hopefully they never listened to that. Anyway, I watched... <laughs> Who was it? It was one of those teams from down south. Okay. I'll just throw it in. It was Kingsway Christian. Okay. All right. Oh, so, yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, just so bad. Yeah. And, and they only had like 20 kids and like... Three of them got hurt during the game. Anyway, I thought Elma was good. And I still think they are good. I, I don't know good. what happened in this game. This is a really good Evergreen League. I also think that Eatonville has 17 seniors. I mean, when was the last time you had a 1A team that barely played 
players on both sides of the football. Right. Well, like they are tum watering it right now, where they have an offense and a defense. Like it is ridiculous how loaded they are at that senior class. And um, another reason why I don't like Eatonville is because they were up late on. And you know, I'm not the hugest Monty fan. We've discussed this before. <laughs> I'm okay with saying this. But one thing that I've always loved about Montesano is they get up big on a team and they don't rub it in. In that Eatonville game, they're up multiple touchdowns late and they're chucking the ball deep yeah, at the did. end of the game. They threw two bombs to try to score. Right? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, do these teams not understand karma? I have seen that happen so many times where some team that feels like, oh, we were the little brother for so long, and now we're going to win, so now we're going to score as many points as possible. It just comes back to bite you in the butt every single time. Stop it. Like, get up big, get your subs in the game, or run out the clock if it's a little closer game like that one was. Like, they were grinding the ball like crazy on offense. They probably would have scored had they just kept running the ball. That was the weirdest thing about what Eatonville did at the end of that game. Because, I mean, I know I said it on the podcast as well, but Monty never stopped Eatonville's power running game. Uh When Eatonville lined up tight in the box and just ran the ball down their throats, they never stopped it. So I wondered why they ever passed. And in the second half, they really totally abandoned the passing game until yeah. it was the very end of the game and they were trying to punch in another score. It was weird. So weird. So is it? does it have something to do, do you think, with the fact that those uh, RPI rankings at the end of the year, they might look at margin of victory as something no. that has how they rank the teams? I think that might, and I think that's a bummer. I don't know that for a fact, but I, I wonder it. I Yeah, I think it might be because I think I've asked some coaches that in the past, and it makes me understand doing that more. Yeah, I still think it's stupid because I still think that – a, if you're up really big, you need to get your starters out of there because people get hurt playing football. Mm-hmm. That's just what happens. A lot. Uh, so, I don't know. But I just thought, when I saw that, I was like, really? Oh, Eatonville acting all big and bad when they have 17 seniors? Let's see you next year. You know, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Well, then the other thing about Eatonville, and like you mentioned, they're not playing guys both ways. Eatonville has been has recently been a two A team. Yeah, they've gone. They're up at that like borderline of the classification. Yeah. So they're one A now, but like two years ago they were two A. So I know that it's a much bigger school than some of the other ones. And yeah. you know you don't think about it, but like Hoquiam, the city of Hoquiam population is twice the size of Montesano and Elma. Yeah, like the there's there's a lot of difference in these different towns. Is it twice the size of Elma, too? I thought uh, Elma was might bigger. Be, might be close. So, like, I know Hoquiam's in, like, the 8,000 range. Monty's in, like, the 4,000 range. Elma might be, like, 5,000? Okay. I, I'd have to go look. At, I've looked all these things up before, but yeah. I don't remember for sure yeah. what they all were. Um, but, yeah, I think th- there's probably not. And that's why Elma and Hoquiam were left up in 2A a while ago. Yeah. I mean, a while ago. Dear Lord, it was 14 years ago. Yeah. That's my senior You're year. You're old. I'm really old. Yeah. So <laughs> there was only one of these games that I was at, obviously. Um, I wasn't at any because I had to yeah. board op this week. But, just, but I listened to the Aberdeen game, so and that was sad. Just, well, to, is, is just there... to correct the record, the Eatonville's... Logo is a guy with a big beard and an axe, and I'm pretty sure it's Timber Cruisers. Yeah, it's probably to. not a train then, Justin. Yeah. I'm going to look it up. That would be weird <laughs> if they were the train cruisers and there's a dude with an axe. I mean, if it was a hammer, you might be like John Henry or something like that, but an axe? Doubtful. Sorry to interrupt. I yeah. just thought I should put that out there. So, I didn't okay, want to spread so misinformation. Andrew and I were paying more attention to the Aberdeen game. Didn't like it? it? Yeah. 
Didn't like it at all. It started off great. Onside kick recovery. Touchdown immediately on a big Jeremy Sawyer run that got you down close. Then Kale Goings tosses it to Trey Anderson for the touchdown. I was thinking, heck yeah, take that, Lewis County. And it quickly went the other direction. But Jeremy did still, Jeremy Sawyer did still run really well towards the end of that game. As we mentioned, getting over 100 yards. But really, Andrew, it felt like felt like the defense just couldn't could not figure out a way to stop especially WFS quarterback there were a lot of bad tackles that's I don't really have a lot of analysis especially because I feel weird because I'm standing next to the coaching staff and stuff but it's okay we were just filibustering until Justin found out <laughs> what he was trying to find out and uh, by the look Eatonville's on his face named after a timber cruiser hey! <laughs> what is a timber cruiser <laughs> Uh, now, now I'm going to feel bad because I'm probably going to get it wrong. But I know when you cruise like a timber plot, you're like, Andrew's going to look it up. Hopefully, uh, when I, as far as I know, when you cruise a timber plot, you are trying to figure out like how much timber is on said plot. Oh, so it's a person. Yeah. A timber cruiser or timber cruising involves evaluating a stand of timber to determine its potential value. Yeah, so I don't know why the guy is an axe. What a stupid nickname for your it's, team. Yeah, it's not a great nickname. Suck at Eatonville. <laughs> don't like him. This that- is all in good fun, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's not like when we make fun of Lyndon Christian. This is just, we're yeah. having fun here. Lyndon yeah. Christian is legitimate hate. Or um, when we defend Grace Harbor County against Lewis County. Yeah. That, you that mean gets, screw us county? Yeah. That gets dicey sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I was at the Montesano Tonino game in which this is going to sound like since, since I'm a Monty fan, it's going to sound like I'm making a million excuses here, but Montesano without their starting quarterback, two expected starting offensive linemen, their starting tight end, their one of their huge impact receivers. And then also one of their starting receivers went out early, like it might even have been the first quarter went out and never came back in. So that was Jacob Salstrom. So they had... No Jaden McElravey, no Kenny Coonrad, no Southerd, no Jack Holmstrom. Um, for most of the game, no Jake Salstrom, and then Alex Sweet was also out. Wow. So you got, on the offensive side of the ball, like a ton of guys who you count on to be your playmakers that are just gone. And so what's more, we've already had a situation for the Bulldogs this year where a quarterback is thrust into the starting role when it wasn't supposed to be his time yet because Isaac Pierce was supposed to be the starter as a senior. He's got a knee injury. So junior Jaden McElravey's, his timeline is increased. He's put into the starting spot. And I think, like, I mean, he hasn't been perfect, but he's performed admirably for Montesano. He's looked composed and, and I think, for the most part, done things pretty well. Now, he was out sick as a dog all week, non-COVID, but sick. And so, like, he wanted to play so badly. And he actually suited up and at one point came into the game for one drive uh, when they it was close to halftime and they had a minute to try to drive down the field and score. They put him in. It was the only drive he played all game. So now you have Jackson Wilson, a sophomore, who was at the beginning of the season in a quarterback competition with another sophomore, Skylar Bovey, who was also out with a knee injury. So you have a guy who was not expecting to play quarterback this year at the varsity level. And he's thrust into this position. And early in the game, he, he looked unsettled. Like he looked uncomfortable. And 
in the at halftime, Montesano's down 32 to 12. And I'm not definitely putting all of that on Jackson Wilson because he made some good plays and they scored a couple touchdowns there. It was defensively, Monty couldn't stop to 9-0 at all. They're down 20 points at halftime. They come out in the second half with a huge defensive adjustment, allow zero points in the second half. Now, this is a team with a fullback, Takari Hickel, committed to go to Oregon State as a defensive end. He's just an absolute beast out yeah. there, stronger than everybody. And they held that team to zero points in the second half while their offense scored a couple more touchdowns. And actually, the Bulldogs got the ball back with four minutes left, down six points, and a chance to drive down the field and score. They couldn't quite get it done, but I thought, considering how poorly the first half went and how many guys were out and how many guys were hurting, and I swear, watching the game on both teams, 50% of the players were limping by the, by the fourth quarter. It was a really, really tough physical game. So I was extremely impressed by how hard the Bulldogs fought and how well they fought in that second half and didn't allow themselves to be out of the game. And i got to give Isaiah Pierce a ton of credit. Is he still cramping? He, I, I mean, I'm sure he was. It wasn't as noticeable in this game as it had been in previous games. But when he runs the ball, there was a point in the game where they were running draws to him up the middle, like repeatedly, and there'd be like three in a row that would get stuffed in the line. And I'm like, why are they doing that? And then there would be one where he gets stuffed at the line, but he just won't go down. Like he is such a relentless runner that he'll turn something, he'll turn nothing into a 12-yard gain. So Isaiah Pierce, man, incredibly impressive what he was able to do in this one. And Jackson Wilson, um, as the game went on, more and more continuously impressive. There was a crunch time fourth and 11 that he ended up, they ran a pass play, he ended up converting it with his legs in the fourth quarter to keep a drive alive. He also had a play on a third and long where the original pass is not there. He scrambles out to the right and where a lot of quarterbacks, especially someone with his athleticism, are going into run mode. He kept his eyes downfield, and he found Isaiah Pierce for a 15- or 20-yard pass and a first down on that play. So as the game went on, I would give Jackson a ton of credit for how much more comfortable he got. And uh, at the end of the game, he was limping as well. So like this was he was going up against the, a defensive front for Tenino that was absolutely beastly. Not only Takari Hickel, and I forgot the name of the other kid, but they had another defensive lineman that was in the backfield all day. So loss for the Bulldogs. We'll see what happens next week, but I mean, I think they got to feel at least kind of good about about what happened in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. No, when I was following along with that score and I started seeing the comeback, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, is Monty with half their team really going to come back on this Tonino team? That, Almost did, and made it close. Uh, what I want to know is, did Peyton play? Yes, my son Peyton played. Uh, I so he's a sophomore as well. And he's about 160 pounds. Because he came in an offensive tackle against Eatonville yeah. late in the game. And I just started, I, I mean, I just started watching him. Like, I wasn't even yeah. watching the ball. And one of the run plays, I texted you, and I was like, oh, Peyton got to the second level on that block. Right. And he plays a lot of special teams, but right now it's mostly only special teams. Unless they're winning or losing by a lot or somebody needs a break. But he was the sixth lineman in that game because of all the injuries. As a sophomore who weighs 160 pounds, he would have been the next lineman in if somebody had gotten hurt. Wow. Thank God. <laughs> because there, the, depth was, the depth wasn't there. And behind him, there wasn't really much of anything. So the, the offensive line held up throughout that game, and he didn't end up having to play. He did make a tackle on there a kickoff, go. though. Nice. So, yeah. Good job, Peyton. Attaboy, Peyton. Proud of you. 
Daniel, I got a correction on your stat with uh, Jeremy. You were close, but Jeremy Sawyer has nine straight 100-yard games, 10 out of the last 11. Okay. I thought that this was his 10th. Yeah, so, so. But this was Daniel Hargrove, gotcha. credible journalist, spreading misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, do we have – I just leave this in there. Yeah, I got poll results. Oh, you do. Sweet. Yeah, you want them? Okay, yeah. so these are all based on last week's show. Um, last week, I loudly proclaimed, as I believe we kind of all agreed, that the Seattle Seahawks should try to trade for Gardner Minshew. Yes. Um, although, Daniel, you correctly said you didn't think it was going to happen. It could still happen. 74% <laughs> of our audience agrees that the Seattle Seahawks should have tried to trade for Gardner Minshew. There we go. It's not too late. They could still do it. Trade Russell Wilson. Here's another thing. I, I posted a poll that said, are the Mariners... <laughs> we the really b- are just out on... We're, we're all in on Kraken now. <laughs> Are the Mariners <laughs> the best team in Seattle? And I left this totally open. Like yeah. Any sport, any level, whatever. Because yeah. the Seahawks stink. The Huskies stink. Andrew correctly pointed out that the Storm were actually pretty good and made the playoffs. And I just seemed to, as I listened back to the podcast, I did just like brush over it like that <laughs> wasn't a thing. <laughs> I did. I totally blew past it. And also uh, somebody pointed out in a comment on our Twitter post that the Seattle Sounders have made the playoffs 13 times in 13 seasons and made it to the MLS Cup last season. So that would be another team that I disregard as not a real team. So 64% of the audience said, no, the Mariners are not the best team in Seattle. Gotcha. Uh, here's They're wrong. <laughs> not because those other sports other teams are bad because they're underestimating how good the Mariners are. The Mariners are good. True that, yo. Next question. Daniel, Daniel has heartburn. Can, can six plus one ever equal eight? Yeah. <laughs> so this is based For on sufficiently last large where, amount, large values of one. In, in a small space, in a small space of time, Daniel accidentally did simple math incorrectly. Yeah. Wasn't um, good. Here's the concerning part. Twenty-seven percent of our audience said yes. Six plus one can equal eight <laughs> what? sometimes. I don't even think I voted on that. 73% of people said no, but 27 said yes. Six, what, six plus How one How many can people voted on that? Eight. Well, that's concerning. Uh, 6,429. Wow. That's, we got, we got a, yeah. lot of, a lot of reach. You know, ever we since go. we started going live, it just exploded. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next poll was, do you care whether or not Nasir Little will play more minutes for the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> this season? Because, again, as I admitted last week, I talked about it for 10 seconds and felt like that was too long. Yes. Well, I was it wrong. Was. So we're going to add wrong. another more 10 seconds. 59% of our audience does care whether or not Nasir Little plays How more many times did you vote in that poll? Well, there, I mean, there's over 10,000 votes on it. So how many times do you think I could have voted on it? Roughly 999,000. Anyway, <laughs> the next question is, should Justin tell Joey that Greg says he's an a-hole? Because yes. as I was just reading the notes out of my phone, I found that note. I voted yes on that. Uh, 88% of the audience said yes. Yeah. And it was pointed out to me by a friend that that means there's a lot of snitches out there on Twitter <laughs> that think, yeah, you should tell Joey that Greg said that. Yeah. Uh, you gotta let Joey know. Last poll question. Is playing the receiver and not the ball the problem with DBs today? Yes. That was Daniel's assertion last week. As Andrew said, no, you got to play the receiver. And Daniel said, no, Andrew, that's the problem with defensive backs today. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, there's a lot. I feel like there's a lot of Go ahead. You can that. explain. I you was talking that. about if, if you're not near the receiver, you should be running towards where the receiver is running to, not just 
running deep. And I think once were- you're on, once you're actually in coverage, then you, I agree, you should be playing the ball. Or, you know, when you see the ball thrown up in the air, <laughs> you should probably just forget about the receiver and go to where the ball is. Well, if he would have done that, he would have been closer to the ball than what he did. <laughs> I think so. what, what you were also saying is, like, if you're a linebacker trying to guard a receiver, or like Jamal Adams yeah. is... Ba- so if you're outmatched, you're probably better off to not try to play if the ball. If you're not a good receiver, period. Da- Daniel's Daniel's advice only works if... The person is a good receiver. This is once again Daniel projecting, well, you seeing things from to, his own lens. You still have to try and hit the ball. Like yeah. even if you're a terrible receiver, right? And you're that still comes trying back to, to hit the ball. That comes so you're back still to, playing the ball. That comes back to what I was saying. When you're once you're in well, coverage, <laughs> I'm going into like total d bag mode here. So, but, the but honestly, is, Daniel, you know if what? I'm covering you. I'm not worried about the ball at all. I'm waiting for that ball to touch you, and then I'm looking to pull your arms apart and and tackle you as hard as I can. Because the because problem, I know I'm not going to catch the ball out of out, that, away see, from. See, that's the key of it. Because what we're talking about is Jamal Adams, who has the worst ball skills of any defensive back I've ever seen. So if you have the worst <laughs> wow. ball skills that's... of any defensive back in the history of the NFL, you probably <laughs> should play the man and not the ball. How do you get to the NFL as a defensive back <laughs> if you can't play the ball? By being the best defensive back ever at blitzing. How about this, Daniel? I mean, okay, imagine that's, for a that's moment. The answer to that. Imagine for a moment that you had zero ball skills. Hey, how many? I can't. How many? <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> imagine a you can't even imagine a world in which you had zero ball skills. <laughs> I would have to walk a mile in those shoes, Justin, <laughs> and that's going to be really hard to make happen. Yeah. No, okay, so tell me if I'm wrong on this, though. Paul Gallant oh. said that he doesn't – he's not too upset with Jamal Adams over that play because he said, and I quote, that's a tough play for any safety to make. What? <laughs> any I, safety with no ball skills. <laughs> Which is mo- not most that of them. That <laughs> might be more accurate if you said any strong safety. Like, if you're if you're figuring that it's a safety we, that's starting in the box, it, dude, that, that is a tough play because I mean, you're having to... We it's, watched Cam I'm not Chancellor, saying it's impossible. We watched Cam Chancellor for close to a decade. And he was and as we close never to saw a, anything that bad. Well, no, but he was yeah. as close to a linebacker as any strong safety I can recall. Yeah. 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 And he wouldn't have looked that bad on no, that. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. It is... So miserable. I was just to trying watch to watch people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe you guys are right. Maybe everybody just has no ball skills. But, is that what's going on here? But right now, you're yes, becoming Yes, I would because, say that is what is going on. There's a lot of players that are incredible athletes and don't have ball skills. You are becoming the guy who used to play quarterback that sits, that sits home and watches the NFL and goes, I, I could throw it over the mountains. I could have made that throw. I could have made that throw. How did he not see that guy? He was wide open. Wow. <laughs> what here, the pro, you might be right. That's the whole, that's the hardest thing about all of this. Let's put it this way. I've never watched an NFL game before and actually honestly literally believed I could have done that. I have, but it always involves I, like getting run over and I'm like, well, <laughs> I could get run over. You don't have to get you don't I have to pay been, somebody $100,000 to get run over and I not tackle. Been, I could have been Josh Norman against Derrick Henry that one time. See, I could have gotten stiff-armed and flung across see, the field. I couldn't have cuz I wouldn't have been close enough to Derrick Henry there cuz I would have been pooping my pants about 15 yards back going, "Eh, no. Nah. Daniel Daniel would have been on the other side of the field with the receiver going, "I won't try to tackle him if you don't try to block me too hard." 
like we have an agreement, right? Like you block, I'll let you block me just enough to make it look like I'm not not trying to tackle him. Well, do you want the results of that poll? Yes. Uh, 71% of people agree with you, Daniel, that playing the receiver and not the ball is the problem with DBs today. Here we go. And that wraps up our polls from this week. <sighs> Man. I like rehashing these things that I, we talk about. It's, it's a lot of fun. fun. It really is. I don't know if anyone else cares, but it's fun for me. And yeah. we, I think that's what we've decided with this podcast <laughs> yeah. is we're just going to do what we think is fun. Exactly. And if we're lucky, someone else will enjoy it. It could happen. And you know what? We're going to take a commercial break here in a second. To <laughs> Then on the other side of that commercial break, we are going to do mailbag and other stuff that we think is fun. And we don't really care what our listeners think. Screw you, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> At Only Pen Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, we put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With OliPen, it's personal. Thank you again to our sponsors, OliPen Real Estate and the law office of Jeffrey A. Damashevitz. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not laughing at our sponsors. I'm laughing at uh, some of the things that we got yeah. in Mailbag coming up. Uh, some interesting discussions. Justin, where should we start? Let's just start at the top and work our way down. Okay. So we got one from Francis. Uh, in typical broken English Francis fashion. <laughs> He's also got some cool emojis Emo- Yeah, in I like it too. Uh, Francis says, should the Dolphins be required to return their Super Bowl trophies? And if relegation was a thing in the NFL, would Miami be gone? Few things in sports life other than wins over the Dolphins, Broncos, Cowboys, losses. Thank you, football gods. So Francis wins is saying... Are dolphin- wait, does he mean few, few things, things in sports, sports life are certain other than wins... Over the no, Dolphins. I think he's oh, saying he those are the he... things he enjoys the most. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Dolphins, Broncos, Cowboys, losses. Gotcha. So here, here's the thing. I, this was a tweet I saw earlier today from Dan Labatardo. For those of you who don't know, the Dolphins lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London on a late field goal, which is pathetic. So here, here's what Dan Labatardo tweeted. Miami, and he, this is a Miami-based uh, radio show. Miami not only lost to a team that hadn't made a field goal in nearly 300 days. That's true. The Jaguars haven't made a field goal this season. What? Yeah, before this game. Not only lost to a kicker who was unemployed a few days ago, not only lost to a team that had lost 20 straight games, second worst streak ever, they also just gave Urban Meyer his first pro victory. (laughs) This was like the ultimate lose, 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 lose. For the Miami Dolphins. Oh. Thank goodness it happened in London so we didn't have to watch it. Yeah. yeah. So this Miami <laughs> defense, which was really good last year. What's happened And to supposed Miami? to be really good this year. Yeah. And today, Tua wasn't even the problem. He had a pretty good game. This, is, this Miami team is perplexing. It's very confusing. They were supposed to be like the up-and-coming squad. Yeah, and now terrible. all of a sudden they're just garbage. I still don't think they'd be relegated because I can't... I can't remember the last time they actually had the worst record in the NFL. Well, no, I think Jacksonville would be the team that was relegated. And the Browns. Yeah. 
right? Well, the Browns like, initially, right. yes, but Jacksonville then would have switched with them after they, because yeah. that's how relegation works, right? Is another team gets moved up, right? Yeah. What's that word called? All you hear is the relegation promotion. part. Promotion. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that there's a word that means that. Yeah. Okay, that's a good shift <laughs> into our next one as a journalist. So this is from an anonymous viewer, which really makes me curious as to who this is from. But From the question, I'm assuming that, Daniel, you will know who it is. Really? Yeah. Well, it brings you, up a you story. You do know. You okay. guys all know. He just didn't want, to want his name on it. Okay. So speaking of journalists, which of you two has more journalistic integrity? Either okay, I was gonna ask you if you were gonna eat those actually. Yeah. Later. <laughs> you want the peanut? Do you want the peanut ones? Uh, only no, I already had so much, mm-hmm. so I feel like I shouldn't. Uh, the M and M's are pretty good. Uh, seven so good. pounds are getting heavy. Uh, yeah. Andrew, do you want these peanut M's? Sure. Yeah. Um, I have either of you ever? Oh my gosh. <laughs> have either of you ever reported on or broken a story that was told to you in confidence? No, I haven't. But one time it sure looked like I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. So there was one time, I can't remember the exact details of the story, but something in, had happened and this story was broken. So I'm not like revealing anything right now, but something happened with Aberdeen Little League. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something that was kind of newsworthy. But I was told about it in confidence and they said... You know, don't report on this. And they knew that you were a news guy. Yes. And this person still felt comfortable enough to tell you some stuff. Yeah. Because you guys were just talking and they trusted you. Exactly. And the next day, (laughs) my boss at the radio station I work for had the details of this story and, like, broke it as a news story. And so we were reporting on it all day. And I was... I was stressed out of my mind because I was like, how in the world does this not look like I just totally <laughs> flipped this guy the bird and just yeah. ran with this story anyway. I was terrified. And this was also someone that you had like kind of recently met and yes. you were building a relationship with. <laughs> yeah. And so they didn't like, they trusted you, but didn't know you super well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was terrified. I also, I also someone, I mean, most people can, but also someone who could beat me to a pulp. <laughs> yeah. And the, I was terrified. Um, but yeah, you were with me when that was happening, right? Weren't we together when I was getting that information? Justin didn't break that story, which would suggest that he has more journalistic integrity. (laughs) I was not with you when you were getting that information, but I do remember, um, some very frantic text messages that we got. We had some, we had some exchanges like, oh my gosh, this person's going to think blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was terrified. Yeah, I know. Have you ever, you've never done anything like that though, right? No, I don't, I, I don't, uh. I mean, if I'm being completely honest, the thing that I wish that we had not reported was the stuff that went on with Hoquey and basketball. Yeah. Um, was that last year or the year mm-hmm. before? Yeah. It was the year before, right? There was some stuff that happened with Hoquey and basketball's program that we we had a lot of inside information on that yeah. I had collected information from like four or five different sources. I think and we both had four or yeah, five different sources. Yeah, so I was talking to all these different people, and then we talked about it on the show, and then afterwards I realized that there's no positive outcome here. Yeah. So, like, what are we What are we actually doing? Yep. Um, but I, I don't think I've ever had an instance that I reported or broke a story that was told to me in confidence. I mean, I'm sure, like, there's always stuff that, like, someone says to you, and not broken in, like, a newsy way, 
But you might say something to someone when you forgot that that person told you not to yeah. tell anybody. Well, that's just like gossip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, have you ever, because I've had this happen, have you ever had somebody accuse you of not having journalistic integrity? Yes, during that Hoquiam basketball thing. Yeah. Yeah. I got angry text messages from one of the people involved. Really? Yeah. Did, did somebody tell you something and... The person was not happy with the way with how it was portrayed. Yes, okay. because what we were ultimately trying to do we were was like let's put in information the... out there yeah. and let's make it the the least biased information possible. And then if everybody's mad at us, then that's fine. And I felt like everybody was mad at us, so <laughs> yeah. I thought we did a pretty good job with it. Yeah, to be honest, because it really felt like I mean, there's like three different sides. That was the other thing. It wasn't two sides. It was at least three sides. Yeah. to that story. Right. And I felt like they were all upset with us by the end of it. So. I guess we'll if go ever, with that. Generally, in, in journalism, if you're if you're reporting on a story yeah. that is contentious and polarizing, if both sides are mad at you, then you've done yeah. your job. I <laughs> once had somebody question my journalistic integrity for asking them a question about something that happened mm-hmm. on the record, and that person was a journalist who had previously tried to ask people, local political figures, questions while a recorder was on but in the pocket of said journalist. Yeah. And that person I know exactly who you're talking about. And that person questioned my journalistic integrity. Yeah. I think that's the only time that someone's really questioned it. And I was so just taken aback by that Yeah, that I didn't know what to say. So I, I <laughs> at this point, I don't even really think I'm a journalist anymore. I'm just a goofball who's on a podcast. Like, for a lot of my life, I think I was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there was a year in particular that I worked full-time at the Vidette, which was our local newspaper. And even at that point, our my editor... Corey, he used to handle all like the most difficult stories. Mm -hmm. I did all the sports. I did all of the, a lot of the busy work and the profile stuff. And then occasionally if there was something in politics that was like fluffy or not that big of a deal, then, or not controversial, he'd let me handle it. But anything that was, um, potential for like a big blow up, he did all that stuff himself. And he saved me from a lot of these kind of headaches, if I'm being completely honest. And he was, um, many people might remember Corey Morris. He was the editor of the Vidette. He also previously was a reporter at the Daily World. Yep. That was a guy who really instilled a lot of the journalistic practices that I that make me frustrated about the way journalism is viewed now. Yes. Because he was so strict on, this is the way we need to do things. We need to not editorialize. We need to not play favorites. We need to we need to portray everything equally. And he was really good at it. He was amazing and at it. And there was a particular county commissioner who you and I both know yeah. that came after him at one point. I think he might have even been in a county commissioner's meeting, but definitely was going all over town saying, hey, this editor at the Vidette is biased. He likes this county commissioner and not me. And it was like, you picked the wrong person to yeah. go to war with on <laughs> exactly. the bias. Yeah. Because I've, I know a lot of journalists, and this is the guy I would consider least biased exactly. out of all of them. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah. Shout and, out Corey Morris. Yeah. He was amazing at that. Absolutely amazing. And I, that's what I strive to be. Yeah. Every now and then. So it is hard, though. It is very hard. And to, to show you the level of what I'm striving to be, and again, I'm, I mess this up fairly regularly, so I'm not going to say that I'm awesome at it. Definitely not at his level, in my opinion. But if I catch something like, even something as innocuous as saying, 
After an accident, the road was finally opened after three hours. Finally is yep. an editorializing is. word. Yep. So that's it's should, subtle. It's subtle, but it's it's in there. And so finally sh- should not be in there. Yeah. And so I try and catch those Because things. it changes the way the reader views that sentence. Exactly. You need to present things in a factual way, and it's hard to do. It's yep. hard to find that balance. Yeah, so, it really is. Yeah, no. Um, if the question was, speaking of journalists, which one of you two has more journalistic integrity, <laughs> uh, which is the other question that we got from We're, our anonymous viewer. Uh, I, we'll just go with Corey. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corey has more. See, and I think for me it's like, uh, I haven't been in a lot of journalistically compromising situations. So I can't think of a time where I breached journalistic integrity, but I also haven't faced a lot of the most difficult things. And I know you have yeah. faced a lot of those really hard things. It's Yeah, it can be tough at sometimes. It's the t- I would say it's one of the hardest. There's a few different things that are really hard about the job as a news director. Um, finding out really bad news as like a news tip Mm -hmm. about people you know, that's the hardest part. Um, But being in really tricky journalistic situations like that, or uh, I'm not gonna get too far into it. There's a lot of things that can get really tricky when you're doing news work. But Justin, one of the things that I remember the most about both of us in a, like the same, covering the same story for the different places we worked for, is Mm -hmm. do you remember that fire in Montesano? Where you almost got punched in the face. Yes, yes I do. <laughs> do you want me to tell that story? Yeah. Okay, so there there was a structure fire. Um, Terrible. Fully engulfed. It was a total loss. Yeah. Um, it was horrible. It was just a residence. No, there were no injuries. Everybody yeah. got out safely. But part of my job at the Vidette was I was like the photographer. I was a staff photographer. Yeah. So my editor said, hey, um, there's a fire. Like, you know, when... It's not like anybody's reveling in or appreciating. Like, like there's no glory off of it. We're not making, trying to make money off of it. No. We're trying to report, hey, there was a big structure fire, total loss, because reporting the news is literally our job. Yes. So he said, hey, can you go get some pictures of this? And I went to go take, a picture, take pictures, and uh, I walked around to the front side of where the fire was. And I'm just kind of go. I'm over there, and I'm like, I can't get a really good view, like – in with a fire as a photographer like the money shot is a picture that has the the building the fire and a firefighter performing some kind of action yes like that's what you're looking for and i couldn't get any of that because all the firefighters that were working were out of my view so i'm kind of like walking around to all different angles trying to get shots and this shirtless man walks up to me (laughs) and is like what are you doing and I was like, oh, I work with Vidad. I'm just trying to get some pictures for the new for the newspaper. And, and he's like, well, that's my friend's house. And are you just trying to are you guys just trying to profit off of their pain? And I was like, no, dude. I mean, the, I'm we're a newspaper. It's my job is to report the news and take pictures. And he was like, I don't think I like you being here. Get out of here before I punch you in the face. And I was like, okay, see you later. So I walked away. Yes, yeah, smart move. I, I circled around the block yeah. the other way. And I tried to come at it from a different angle and, like, be across the street like Kitty Corner. And there was a ton of people there. Oh. So I thought... It's I, a fire in a small town. Yeah. There's people everywhere. So I thought, I can blend into this crowd. Yeah. Right? And then as I was walking around, I saw the police chief who knew me, knew I was a Vidette reporter. And, I, yeah. and he's like, where are you going? And I was like, oh, that guy just threatened to punch me in the face. I'm just going to go see if I can get a picture from another spot. So, so he's like, he's like, oh, okay. And I, and I go and I walk around and I'm trying to blend into the crowd and get to a different spot. 
And as I'm like there and I'm taking pictures, all of a sudden, I'm looking over. I'm glancing every once in a while at this shirtless guy yeah. who stands out like a sore thumb because <laughs> he's the only person without a shirt on. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I see him notice me and he no. points at me from across the street. No. And I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> And I turned around and walked away, and I walked by the police chief again, and I was like, uh, if I don't leave, that guy's going to punch me in the face, and I think you guys have enough problems today, so I'm just going to go back to the office. And then the police chief was like, hey, I know, I'm sorry, this really sucks. I could take care of that for you, but honestly, if you go down around to the backside, you can actually get a pretty good angle on the house from down there. So I ended up going down to the other side and taking pictures from there. Nice. And avoiding being punched in the face. That's, which is good. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my That's favorite. the only way this could have ended better, is and if the guy tracked you down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think I saw you, like, right after that yeah. happened. And you're like, this guy just started to punch me in the face. Yeah. What? I was actually, not, when I think about it, too, like, I was so detached. Like, the possibility that I might actually get punched in the face was not really a possibility to me. But I think back <laughs> on it now, and I was like, I was probably really close to getting yeah. actually punched. Yeah. And that's, I know that that was a funny story that kind of is around what is, yes, a hard thing. Somebody's house yeah. burned down. Yeah. And that's another thing that's really hard about being in the news is you're around crappy situations all yeah. the time. So one of the hard things is, A, being around that and that emotion and seeing that with really hard stuff going on. But it's also hard not to just get super jaded. You know? Yeah, it is. It's really hard not, not Especially to... for someone like you who has a lot of feelings. Like, that's... Exactly. It's emotional. It's super emotional. Yeah. And so one of the tools that I try to walk the line of is, well, I don't want to be an emotional wreck all the time. So I try to detach myself from the situation. But then I'm just a jerk, you know, because you have no feelings. So it's, it's just really weird. Journalism is want. weird. It is hard. Weird, it's such a weird And it job. needs to pay more. Francis is, <laughs> Francis is with the shirtless man. Justin has a very punchable face. <laughs> He also said the only thing grosser than listening to Justin is listening to Justin eat is seeing him eat. Frightening. So sorry, like Angel, Allie, Peyton, and Mac. You deserve I, better. He didn't like when I ate the M&M's. <laughs> he just watched Daniel eat for like 20 minutes. Was that not gross? It was only when I ate that was gross? Yeah, I think it was only when you ate. Wow. Well, on that note, yeah. here's your <laughs> weekly reminder that Mariano Rivera is the most overrated <laughs> player in all of sports at any level of all time. Yankees suck. Notre Dame sucks. <laughs> Kentucky basketball sucks. What other things? Take that, Francis. Earth. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's going to do it for our show today. We'll see how wrong we were on all of our over-under predictions and everything with the Seahawks. We'll see just how we stack up against each other with those. So, for my co-host, Justin, it's something to do with trains, Damashevitz. And my co-host, Daniel, rooting against Gino Hargrove. And our trusty producer, Andrew, what's football? Go Kraken, gross. Go Kraken! <laughs> You've been listening to this scrimmage. I really thought it was something to do with trains. <laughs> I, was I was picturing, like, the Purdue Boilermaker, Boilermaker uh, logo. logo. Yeah. <laughs>